division nine part one of human all too human a book for free spirits by friedrich nietzsche translated by helen zimmern this librivox recording is in the public domain ninth division part one man alone by himself four eighty three the enemies of truth convictions are more dangerous enemies of truth than lies four eighty four a topsy-turvy world we criticize a thinker more severely when he puts an unpleasant statement before us and yet it would be more reasonable to do so when we find his statement pleasant four eighty five decided character a man far oftener appears to have a decided character from persistently following his temperament than from persistently following his principles four eighty six the one thing needful one thing a man must have either a naturally light disposition or a disposition lightened by art and knowledge four eighty seven the passion for things whoever sets his passion on things sciences arts the common weal the interests of culture withdraws much fervour from his passion for persons even when they are the representatives of those things as statesmen philosophers and artists are the representatives of their creations four eighty eight calmness in action as a cascade in its descent becomes more deliberate and suspended so the great man of action usually acts with more calmness than his strong passions previous to action would lead one to expect four eighty nine not too deep persons who grasp a matter in all its depth seldom remain permanently true to it they have just brought the depth up into the light and there is always much evil to be seen there four ninety the illusion of idealists all idealists imagine that the cause which they serve is essentially better than all other causes and will not believe that if their cause is really to flourish it requires precisely the same evil-smelling manure which all other human undertakings have need of four ninety one self-observation man is exceedingly well protected from himself and guarded against his self-exploring and self-besieging as a rule he can perceive nothing of himself but his outworks the actual fortress is inaccessible and even invisible to him unless friends and enemies become traitors and lead him inside by secret paths four ninety two the right calling men can seldom hold on to a calling unless they believe or persuade themselves that it is really more important than any other women are the same with their lovers four ninety three nobility of disposition nobility of disposition consists largely in good nature and absence of distrust and therefore contains precisely that upon which money-grabbing and successful men take a pleasure in walking with superiority and scorn four ninety four goal and path many are obstinate with regard to the once chosen path few with regard to the goal four ninety five the offensiveness in an individual way of life 
all specially individual lines of conduct excite irritation against him who adopts them people feel themselves reduced to the level of commonplace creatures by the extraordinary treatment he bestows on himself four ninety six the privilege of greatness it is the privilege of greatness to confer intense happiness with insignificant gifts four ninety seven unintentionally noble a person behaves with unintentional nobleness when he has accustomed himself to seek naught from others and always to give to them four ninety eight a condition of heroism when a person wishes to become a hero the serpent must previously have become a dragon otherwise he lacks his proper enemy four ninety nine friends fellowship in joy and not sympathy in sorrow makes people friends five hundred making use of ebb and flow for the purpose of knowledge we must know how to make use of the inward current which draws us towards a thing and also of the current which after a time draws us away from it five o one joy in itself joy in the thing people say but in reality it is joy in itself by means of the thing five o two the unassuming man he who is unassuming towards persons manifests his presumption all the more with regard to things town state society time humanity that is his revenge five o three envy and jealousy envy and jealousy are the pudenda of the human soul the comparison may perhaps be carried further five o four the noblest hypocrite it is a very noble hypocrisy not to talk of one's self at all five o five vexation vexation is a physical disease which is not by any means cured when its cause is subsequently removed five o six the champions of truth truth does not find fewest champions when it is dangerous to speak it but when it is dull five o seven more troublesome even than enemies persons of whose sympathetic attitude we are not in all circumstances convinced while for some reason or other gratitude for instance we are obliged to maintain the appearance of unqualified sympathy with them trouble our imagination far more than our enemies do five o eight free nature we are so fond of being out among nature because it has no opinions about us five o nine each superior in one thing in civilized intercourse every one feels himself superior to all others in at least one thing kindly feelings generally are based thereon inasmuch as every one can in certain circumstances render help and is therefore entitled to accept help without shame five ten consolatory arguments in the case of a death we mostly use consolatory arguments not so much to alleviate the grief as to make excuses for feeling so easily consoled five eleven persons loyal to their convictions whoever is very busy retains his general views and opinions almost unchanged so also does every one who labors in the service of an idea he will never more examine the idea itself he no longer has any time to do so indeed it is against his interest to consider it as still admitting of discussion 
five twelve morality and quantity the higher morality of one man as compared with that of another often lies merely in the fact that his aims are quantitatively greater the other living in a circumscribed sphere is dragged down by petty occupations five thirteen the life as the proceeds of life a man may stretch himself out ever so far with his knowledge he may seem to himself ever so objective but eventually he realizes nothing therefrom but his own biography five fourteen iron necessity iron necessity is a thing which has been found in the course of history to be neither iron nor necessary five fifteen from experience the unreasonableness of a thing is no argument against its existence but rather a condition thereof five sixteen truth nobody dies nowadays of fatal truths there are too many antidotes to them five seventeen a fundamental insight there is no pre-established harmony between the promotion of truth and the welfare of mankind five eighteen man's lot he who thinks most deeply knows that he is always in the wrong however he may act and decide five nineteen truth as circe error has made animals into men is truth perhaps capable of making man into an animal again five twenty the danger of our culture we belong to a period of which the culture is in danger of being destroyed by the appliances of culture five twenty one greatness means leading the way no stream is large and copious of itself but becomes great by receiving and leading on so many tributary streams it is so also with all intellectual greatnesses it is only a question of someone indicating the direction to be followed by so many affluents not whether he was richly or poorly gifted originally five twenty two a feeble conscience people who talk about their importance to mankind have a feeble conscience for common bourgeois rectitude keeping off contracts promises etc five twenty three desiring to be loved the demand to be loved is the greatest of presumptions five twenty four contempt for men the most unequivocal sign of contempt for man is to regard everybody merely as a means to one's own ends or of no account whatever five twenty five partisans through contradiction whoever has driven men to fury against himself has also gained a party in his favor five twenty six forgetting experiences whoever thinks much and to good purpose easily forgets his own experiences but not the thoughts which these experiences have called forth five twenty seven sticking to an opinion one person sticks to an opinion because he takes pride in having acquired it himself another sticks to it because he has learnt it with difficulty and is proud of having understood it both of them therefore out of vanity five twenty eight avoiding the light good deeds avoid the light just as anxiously as evil deeds the latter fear that pain will result from publicity as punishment the former fear that pleasure will vanish with publicity the pure pleasure per se which ceases as soon as satisfaction of vanity is added to it five twenty nine the length of the day when one has much to put into them a day has a hundred pockets five thirty the genius of tyranny when an invincible desire to obtain tyrannical power has been awakened in the soul and constantly keeps up its fervour even a very mediocre talent in politicians artists etc gradually becomes 
an almost irresistible natural force five thirty one the enemy's life he who lives by fighting with an enemy has an interest in the preservation of the enemy's life five thirty two more important unexplained obscure matters are regarded as more important than explained clear ones five thirty three valuation of services rendered we estimate services rendered to us according to the value set on them by those who render them not according to the value they have for us five thirty four unhappiness the distinction associated with unhappiness as if it were a sign of stupidity unambitiousness or commonplaceness to feel happy is so great that when any one says to us how happy you are we usually protest five thirty five imagination in anguish when one is afraid of anything one's imagination plays the part of that evil spirit which brings on one's back just when one has the heaviest load to bear five thirty six the value of insipid opponents we sometimes remain faithful to a cause merely because its opponents never cease to be insipid five thirty seven the value of a profession a profession makes us thoughtless that is its greatest blessing for it is a bulwark behind which we are permitted to withdraw when commonplace doubts and cares assail us five thirty eight talent many a man's talent appears less than it is because he has always set himself too heavy tasks five thirty nine youth youth is an unpleasant period for then it is not possible or not prudent to be productive in any sense whatsoever five forty two great aims whoever aims publicly at great things and at length perceives secretly that he is too weak to achieve them has usually also insufficient strength to renounce his aims publicly and then inevitably becomes a hypocrite five forty one in the current mighty waters sweep many stones and shrubs away with them mighty spirits many foolish and confused minds five forty two the dangers of intellectual emancipation in a seriously intended intellectual emancipation a person's mute passions and cravings also hope to find their advantage five forty three the incarnation of the mind when any one thinks much and to good purpose not only his face but also his body acquires a sage look five forty four seeing badly and hearing badly the man who sees little always sees less than there is to see the man who hears badly always hears something more than there is to hear five forty five self-enjoyment in vanity the vain man does not wish so much to be prominent as to feel himself prominent he therefore disdains none of the expedients for self-deception and self-outwitting it is not the opinion of others that he sets his heart on but his opinion of their opinion five forty six exceptionally vain he who is usually self-sufficient becomes exceptionally vain and keenly alive to fame and praise when he is physically ill the more he loses himself the more he has to endeavour to regain his position by means of the opinion of others five forty seven the witty those who seek wit do not possess it five forty eight a hint to the heads of parties when one can make people publicly support a cause they have also generally been brought to the point of inwardly declaring themselves in its favour because they wish to be regarded as consistent five forty nine contempt man is more sensitive to the contempt of others than to self-contempt five fifty the tie of gratitude there are servile souls who carry so far their sense of obligation for benefits received that they strangle themselves with the tie 
of gratitude five fifty one the prophet's knack in predicting beforehand the procedure of ordinary individuals it must be taken for granted that they always make use of the smallest intellectual expenditure in freeing themselves from disagreeable situations five fifty two man's sole right he who swerves from the traditional is a victim of the unusual he who keeps to the traditional is its slave the man is ruined in either case five fifty three below the beast when a man roars with laughter he surpasses all the animals by his vulgarity five fifty four partial knowledge he who speaks a foreign language imperfectly has more enjoyment therein than he who speaks it well the enjoyment is with the partially initiated five fifty five dangerous helpfulness there are people who wish to make human life harder for no other reason than to be able afterwards to offer men their life alleviating recipes their christianity for example five fifty six industriousness and conscientiousness industriousness and conscientiousness are often antagonists owing to the fact that industriousness wants to pluck the fruit sour from the tree while conscientiousness wants to let it hang too long until it falls and is bruised five fifty seven casting suspicion we endeavour to cast suspicion on persons whom we cannot endure five fifty eight the conditions are lacking many people wait all their lives for the opportunity to be good in their own way five fifty nine lack of friends lack of friends leads to the inference that a person is envious or presumptuous many a man owes his friends merely to the fortunate circumstance that he has no occasion for envy five sixty danger in manifoldness with one talent more we often stand less firmly than with one less just as a table stands better on three feet than on four five sixty one an exemplar for others whoever wants to set a good example must add a grain of folly to his virtue people then imitate their exemplar and at the same time raise themselves above him a thing they love to do five sixty two being a target the bad things others say about us are often not really aimed at us but are the manifestations of spite or ill-humour occasioned by quite different causes five sixty three easily resigned we suffer but little on account of ungratified wishes if we have exercised our imagination in distorting the past five sixty four in danger one is in greatest danger of being run over when one has just got out of the way of a carriage five sixty five the role according to the voice whoever is obliged to speak louder than he naturally does say to a partially deaf person or before a large audience usually exaggerates what he has to communicate many a one becomes a conspirator malevolent gossip or intriguer merely because his voice is best suited for whispering five sixty six love and hatred love and hatred are not blind but are dazzled by the fire which they carry about with them five sixty seven advantageously persecuted people who cannot make their merits perfectly obvious to the world endeavour to awaken a strong hostility against themselves they have then the consolation of thinking that this hostility stands between their merits and the acknowledgment thereof and that many others think the same thing which is very advantageous for their recognition five sixty eight confession we forget our fault when we have confessed it to another person but he does not generally forget it five sixty nine self-sufficiency the golden fleece of self-sufficiency is a protection against blows but not against needle pricks five seventy shadows in the flame 
the flame is not so bright to itself as to those whom it illuminates so also the wise man five seventy one our own opinions the first opinion that occurs to us when we are suddenly asked about anything is not usually our own but only the current opinion belonging to our caste position or family our own opinions seldom float on the surface five seventy two the origin of courage the ordinary man is as courageous and invulnerable as a hero when he does not see the danger when he has no eyes for it reversely the hero has his own vulnerable spot upon the back where he has no eyes five seventy three the danger in the physician one must be born for one's physician otherwise one comes to grief through him five seventy four marvellous vanity whoever has courageously prophesied the weather three times and has been successful in his hits acquires a certain amount of inward confidence in his prophetic gift we give credence to the marvellous and irrational when it flatters our self-esteem five seventy five a profession a profession is the backbone of life five seventy six the danger of personal influence whoever feels that he exercises a great inward influence over another person must give him a perfectly free rein must in fact welcome and even induce occasional opposition otherwise he will inevitably make an enemy five seventy seven recognition of the heir whoever has found it something great in an unselfish spirit is careful to rear heirs for his work it is the sign of a tyrannical and ignoble nature to see opponents in all possible heirs and to live in a state of self-defence against them five seventy eight partial knowledge partial knowledge is more triumphant than complete knowledge it takes things to be simpler than they are and so makes its theory more popular and convincing five seventy nine unsuitable for a party man whoever thinks much is unsuitable for a party man his thinking leads him too quickly beyond the party five eighty a bad memory the advantage of a bad memory is that one enjoys several times the same good things for the first time five eighty one self-affliction want of consideration is often the sign of a discordant inner nature which craves for stupefaction five eighty two martyrs the disciples of a martyr suffer more than the martyr five eighty three arrears of vanity the vanity of many people who have no occasion to be vain is the inveterate habit still surviving from the time when people had no right to the belief in themselves and only begged it in small sums from others five eighty four punctum saliens of passion a person falling into a rage or into a violent passion of love reaches a point when the soul is full like a hog's head but nevertheless a drop of water has still to be added the good will for the passion which is also generally called the evil will this item only is necessary and then the hog's head overflows five eighty five a gloomy thought it is with men as with the charcoal fires in the forest it is only when young men have cooled down and have got charred like these piles that they become useful as long as they fume and smoke they are perhaps more interesting but they are useless and too often uncomfortable humanity ruthlessly uses every individual as material for the heating of its great machines but what then is the purpose of the machines when all individuals that is the human race are useful only to maintain them machines that are ends in themselves is that the humana comedia five eighty six the hour hand of life life consists of rare single moments of the greatest importance and of countless intervals during which at best the phantoms of those moments hover around us love the spring every fine melody the mountains the moon the sea 
all speak but once fully to the heart if indeed they ever do quite attain to speech for many people have not those moments at all and are themselves intervals and pauses in the symphony of actual life five eighty seven attack or compromise we often make the mistake of showing violent enmity towards a tendency party or period because we happen only to get a sight of its most exposed side its stuntedness or the inevitable faults of its virtues perhaps because we ourselves have taken a prominent part in them we then turn our backs on them and seek a diametrically opposite course but the better way would be to seek out their strong good sides or to develop them in ourselves to be sure a keener glance and a better will are needed to improve the becoming and the imperfect than are required to see through it in its imperfection and to deny it five eighty eight modesty there is true modesty that is the knowledge that we are not the works we create and it is especially becoming in a great mind because such a mind can well grasp the thought of absolute irresponsibility even for the good it creates people do not hate a great man's presumptuousness in so far as he feels his strength but because he wishes to prove it by injuring others by dominating them and seeing how long they will stand it this as a rule is even a proof of the absence of a secure sense of power and makes people doubt his greatness we must therefore beware of presumption from the standpoint of wisdom five eighty nine the day's first thought the best way to begin a day well is to think on awaking whether we cannot give pleasure during the day to at least one person if this could become a substitute for the religious habit of prayer our fellow-men would benefit by the change five ninety presumption as the last consolation when we so interpret a misfortune an intellectual defect or disease that we see therein our predestined fate our trial or the mysterious punishment of our former misdeeds we thereby make our nature interesting and exalt ourselves in imagination above our fellows the proud sinner is a well-known figure in all religious sects five ninety one the vegetation of happiness close beside the world's woe and often upon its volcanic soil man has laid out his little garden of happiness whether one regard life with the eyes of him who only seeks knowledge therefrom or of him who submits and is resigned or of him who rejoices over surmounted difficulties everywhere one will find some happiness springing up beside the evil and in fact always the more happiness the more volcanic the soil has been only it would be absurd to say that suffering itself is justified by this happiness five ninety two the path of our ancestors it is sensible when a person develops still further in himself the talent upon which his father or grandfather spent much trouble and does not shift to something entirely new otherwise he deprives himself of the possibility of attaining perfection in any one craft that is why the proverb says which road shouldst thou ride that of thine ancestors five ninety three vanity and ambition as educators as long as a person has not become an instrument of general utility ambition may torment him if however that point has been reached if he necessarily works like a machine for the good of all then vanity may result it will humanize him in small matters and make him more sociable endurable and considerate when ambition has completed the coarser work of making him useful five ninety four philosophical novices immediately we have comprehended the wisdom of a philosopher we go through the streets with a feeling as if we had been recreated and had become great men for we encounter only those who are ignorant of this wisdom 
and have therefore to deliver new and unknown verdicts concerning everything because we now recognize a law-book we think we must also comport ourselves as judges five ninety five pleasing by displeasing people who prefer to attract attention and thereby to displease desires the same thing as those who neither wish to please nor to attract attention only they seek it more ardently and indirectly by means of a step by which they apparently move away from their goal they desire influence and power and therefore show their superiority even to such an extent that it becomes disagreeable for they know that he who has finally attained power pleases in almost all he says and does and that even when he displeases he still seems to please the free spirit also and in like manner the believer desire power in order some day to please thereby when on account of their doctrine evil fate persecution dungeon or execution threaten them they rejoice in the thought that their teaching will thus be engraved and branded on the heart of mankind though its effect is remote they accept their fate as a painful but powerful means of still attaining to power five ninety six cassus belli and the like the prince who for his determination to make war against his neighbour invents a casus belli is like a father who foists on his child a mother who is henceforth to be regarded as such and are not almost all publicly avowed motives of action just such spurious mothers five ninety seven passion and right nobody talks more passionately of his rights than he who in the depths of his soul is doubtful about them by getting passion on his side he seeks to confound his understanding and its doubts he thus obtains a good conscience and along with it success with his fellow-men five ninety eight the trick of the resigning one he who protests against marriage after the manner of catholic priests will conceive of it in its lowest and vulgarest form in the same way he who disavows the honour of his contemporaries will have a mean opinion of it he can thus dispense with it and struggle against it more easily moreover he who denies himself much in great matters will readily indulge himself in small things it might be possible that he who is superior to the approbation of his contemporaries would nevertheless not deny himself the gratification of small vanities five ninety nine the years of presumption the proper period of presumption in gifted people is between their twenty-sixth and thirtieth years it is a time of early ripeness with a large residue of sourness on the ground of what we feel within ourselves we demand honour and humility from men who see little or nothing of it and because this tribute is not immediately forthcoming we revenge ourselves by the look the gesture of arrogance and the tone of voice which a keen ear and eye recognize in every product of those years whether it be poetry philosophy or pictures and music older men of experience smile thereat and think with emotions of those beautiful years in which one resents the fate of being so much and seeming so little later on one really seems more but one has lost the good belief in being much unless one remain for life an incorrigible fool of vanity End of division nine part one